0: Good morning, Church. Good morning. Shall we close eyes in prayer for a moment? Our Father in heaven, as we come to your word, we pray that you reveal your heart to us by the power of the Holy Spirit and help us to live according to your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I once heard about how a man of God preached a soul-stirring sermon by telling an emotionally charged story to a spellbound congregation about a poor peasant man and his master drawing a parallel between a believer and God. After the sermon, and on the way back home, the preacher's young son asked him, Dad, was that a real story about that poor man, or were you just preaching? The message that I wish to share with you today, from this Gospel of Matthew, chapter, 12, chapter 11, verses 25 to thirty. It is not about a story or a parable. It is not about something that comes out of my own mind, using my own vivid imagination. But what I do hope is that we learn today from this passage to draw closer to the image of Christ. That we'll be able to learn on how we can be transformed closer and closer. To his image. Because one of our challenges as Christians is the temptation of assuming that we know the Bible with our own human wisdom. There were a bunch of people called the Pharisees in the days when Jesus walked on this earth that assumed they knew the Bible. Yeah, they were clever, smart, intelligent, prudent. They knew the words and verses from Genesis to Malachi, they were eagerly expecting the coming of the Messiah, of whom it had been written throughout the Old Testament. They had memorized all the verses pertaining to his arrival. They knew the specific tribe and the location of his birth. But when Jesus actually walked and spoke in their midst, they were so blinded by their own pride, conceit, self-righteousness, that our Father in Heaven did not reveal His Son to them. In the absence of that divine revelation, all the text knowledge and human intellect did nothing to help them spiritually, but rather led them astray to the extent that they looked upon the Son of God and accused Him of having the power of Beelzebub, the Prince of Hell. The temptation of assuming we are clever enough to know the contents of this book, to know the word of God and understand his thoughts and his ways without his revelation can also easily lead us away from Christ. Our Father declares to us through these words in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we find Jesus thanking our Father for his divine revelation to those who come to him as a little way Helpless, totally trusting him, totally dependent on him. Think of something that a little baby does frequently, multiple times a day, every day. Baby cries. Baby cries when it's hungry, when it's thirsty, when it's feeling unwell, when it's feeling pain, hurt, when it's feeling tired, when it's feeling alone, when it needs care, when it needs comfort, when it needs to be refreshed. The only way a child, a little baby, expresses most of its needs is by crying. Why? Because as we know, A little babe cannot do anything to take care of itself by itself. Because it is utterly helpless. How often have we cried out to our Father in our needs? I don't mean about our everyday prayers and our supplications, our petitions and all those things that we usually do. I am talking about how we come to our Father crying out for revelation on His word. How often have we sought him in our own needs with tears in our eyes and asked him to take care of us, to comfort us, to give us rest through his word. In his second episode to Timothy, Paul writes, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So, for every single one of our needs, these 66 books have the answer. But how many of us have really come to him asking him to reveal that answer to us in seeking through our prayers and through this word. I believe there is a fundamental difference between a non-Christian and those of us who are Christians. A non-Christian believes in the historic birth, life and death of Jesus as a man. Christians believe in the divinity of Christ as the Son of God, but... Many Christians often tend to forget that Jesus Christ walked on this earth as a man, just like us. Flesh and blood, hunger and thirst, tears, sorrow. He lived on this earth as a man for 33 and a half years. He led his disciples as a man. He spoke with them, communed with them, ate with them, traveled with them just as one among them. It is so crucially important for us to remember that Jesus walked on this earth as a human. Why? Because he is our forerunner. He has said, follow me. So if we are to obey that commandment of Christ to follow him, we first need to know how he was able to walk on this earth, face the same trials, same temptations, same struggles as we do. We often fall fail, stumble, fall into sin, even unintentionally, but he never once sinned. Not once, never. How was it humanly possible? The only reason that Jesus was able to live throughout that earthly life with not a single spot of sin on him, never ever sinned, is because he was totally dependent on the Father. For his every single need, in every single circumstance, every single time? How often are we finding the same thing in our life? Is it not true that when we face a trial or a challenge, our first instinct and reaction is to try and fix it with our own human abilities? And more often than not, we miserably fail in it. And then we seek God when we have exhausted all other human options. Is it not true that we tend to get so busy with life that we hardly find time to open the Bible? I don't mean opening the Bible and reading a few words or a few chapters as a ritual. I mean opening the Bible to really meditate on His Word. Ask for His wisdom, for His revelation. Because we are called to come to Him as a babe with childlike dependence. Let us seek him with that cry of hunger and thirst and ask him to reveal the love of God to us. As much as it is true that Christ came to shed his pure and precious blood for us on Calvary's cross, as much as it is true that Christ came to save us from our sin, as much as it is true that Christ came to redeem us from the grip of Satan, As much as it is true that Christ came to give us life eternal, it is also true that Christ came to reveal to us the true, unblemished, unparalleled love of God. Very few in the old covenant knew of God as a loving father. Most of them thought of them, thought of God as a stern master, as a strict ruler, as a God of righteousness. As one who said, thou shall and thou shall not. As one who severely disobeyed, like punished those who disobeyed him. As a God of righteousness, there was nothing else that they knew about him. And they had such a completely wrong idea about God. They had a complete misconception of who their creator is. So when Jesus said, "He who has seen me has seen the Father." Jesus was revealed that whatever was seen by the Old common people, it was not true. what they seen was not true. So Jesus was saying, "I am going to reveal unto you the Yahweh that you never knew as a loving, caring, compassionate father. <clears throat> See. For us, from the old covenant to the new covenant days, we see the difference easier. But they didn't know that. They didn't have a clue. So Jesus was saying, this is the real father. This is the one who has created you. And he revealed the truth. Not just in theory. He revealed it in his own life. By his care, his compassion, his love that he showed for us while we were yet Sinners. Everything that Jesus did, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, raising the dead, preaching about the kingdom of God. It was all done to reveal the love of the Father. Revelation of the Father is through the Son. He is our mediator. That veil which was between us and God was torn down by the death of Jesus on the cross and we are reconciled to the Father through the Son. Is there a risk of us forgetting the importance of that truth? Because we are so familiar with it. Familiarity with certain verses in the Bible can lead us to forgetting the impact it is meant to have in our life. Let us take for an example a verse which is universally known as the golden verse. John 3.16 do we see the love of our Father towards us in those words? I'm not talking again about theory, about book knowledge, about text knowledge. I'm talking about experiencing the love of our Father, tasting that love. Our Father willingly gave His only begotten Son for us. The one with whom He had a perfect union from before time as we know of it even began. The one with whom He had perfect harmony from before the foundations of this universe was laid. Do we really understand the enormity of our Father's love for us? When He turned away from His only begotten Son as He hung on that cross, carrying the burdens and the sins that you and I have committed and continue to commit. Do we begin to see the love of Christ in that ultimate sacrifice He did, which is meant to reflect the love of our Father towards us? For when we do know that true love, when we experience that true love, we would bring to Christ our yoke filled with burden. We are going through the gospel of Matthew in our church with our focus on mission. But before we obey the commandment of Christ to take that gospel to the world around us, before we start evangelizing to an unbeliever about the love of God, we first need to experience that love, that gentle yoke that he is offering us and that rest that he is offering to our soul. Do we hear Jesus asking us, saying to us, what do you gain if you go ahead and get the whole world and yet you lose your whole soul? You see, there is nothing that we cannot do when we have the power of Christ, the power of the Spirit of God in us. But we first need to know how to have our souls at rest when He is offering to us before we go and gain the whole world. And then we lose our own soul. What is the yoke that we are carrying today? What is the yoke that is oppressing us to the ground When we believe that Christ is leading, guiding and protecting us, why are we still struggling to carry these heavy burdens of worries, of depression, of spiritual defeat in our Christian walk? We read in the book of Psalms, chapter 55, verse 22, Cast your burden on the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall never allow the righteous to be moved. If we are honest with ourselves... We all would acknowledge that we have been defeated by those stains of secret sins not past. We have. We have the sin of pride, of jealousy, of hatred. We have struggled with the spirit of unforgiveness in us. Is there anyone among us who can say we have not lusted with our eyes? But is it not true that we have believed and we have said to Christ, I come to you with my iniquities, with my failures and I believe that you have washed away all the sins that I have confessed to you. <clears throat> then is the guilt of those past sacred sins and spiritual sin, failures still a heavy burden still a heavy yoke that is resting on us. God speaks to us through this word from the book of Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Is there a burden of uncertainty in our heart of whether we have been accepted by Christ? How many of us are burdened by the voice of Satan asking us whether we are good enough to be a child of God? There may be some among us in our congregation, some that is listening to this message through our online services, that still have that little doubt In their heart. Some that doubt God's faithfulness towards them. Is that a heavy yoke that we are carrying today? Are we hearing our own inner voice in the dead silence of the night asking us, Am I good enough for him? Our father's response to that question is, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are ever before me. Our church is truly blessed with a number of those who are elderly in our congregation. So if you are one of those who is retired and concerned that your superannuation or your pension or your savings may not be enough to take care of your needs in your twilight years. If you are worried that you might be left all alone, I would like you to remind you, lay down that burden at the feet of Christ. He has taken care of your every need all these decades, and he has never once let you down. Never once. He has upheld you from your birth. He has carried you from the womb. He has, even in your old age, continue to carry you. He will carry you. Even to gray hairs, He will carry you. He will take care of you. He has made you, and He will bear you, and He will carry you, and He will rescue you. Place the burden of that heavy yoke on Him today. For some of us, it is not the challenges of life which is a heavy yoke, but it is a material comfort with which We are surrounded and which we so easily take for granted. There is nothing wrong with being rich or wealthy, nothing wrong with having money, nothing wrong with earning a decent income or running a successful business, nothing wrong with owning a home or having an investment property or driving the latest model car, taking a good vacation, sending our children to a private school. Nothing wrong at all. It is not a question about whether we have plenty or whether we are going from paycheck to paycheck. It is about our priority. Where is our mind focused? What is our heart yearning for? For those of us who find that a burden, like the comforts of life, if that has become a burden for you, if that has become a yoke for you, Christ he says to us through the Sermon on the Mount, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We need to lay up for ourselves those true treasures, in heaven, in the presence of our Father, there is another yoke that some of us may be carrying and struggling to get rid of for years. It is a testimonial certificate that we seek from those around us that has become a heavy burden. When we are not careful, we can easily fall into the trap of trying to act in a certain way, speaking certain words trying to do all the right things, appearing to do all the right things, appearing to say everything that is perfectly acceptable to others, because we want a good testimony in their sight. But, have they actually seen who we really are in our heart? We are reminded of what is important from the first book of Samuel, chapter 16 and verse 7. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Let us take the mighty men of God as our own example. Let us see how they walk with one focus and one goal in their life. Here is an example. In his epistle written to the Philippians chapter 3 and verses 12 to 14 Apostle Paul says these words which most of us are quite familiar with. Not that I have already obtained it. Or you have already become perfect. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do forgetting so what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, God does not expect us to be perfect for we all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. But what he does is wait for us, eagerly wait for us to turn in the right direction and walk towards him. For us to pursue that goal, which is being transformed day by day by day, closer and closer and closer to the image of Christ. To press on daily towards that upward call. Jesus says to us, assuredly I say to you, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And for that to happen, we first need to be honest with Christ about who we are, who we really are. And we have to reach out to him with total submission, with a, help, with a, with a mind, with an attitude of a helpless babe. And in order to do that, we also need to be willing to turn away from seeking or fearing the opinion of men. And live delighting in the fear of the Lord wholeheartedly. There is another yoke that can burden us in our Christian walk: the yoke of the law. The children of Israel struggled, struggled, and struggled, and struggled to keep those laws given to them by Moses, and they miserably fail in that effort. Let alone the six hundred and thirteen laws given to them, they were not even able to faithfully obey and keep the famous Ten Commandments. And yet, we would be surprised by how many Christians still keep trying to live by the letter of the law. If one decides to live by the letter of the law, then one has to obey all of them. We cannot pick and choose between them. And it is such a heavy burden, it can press us to the ground and suffocate the life out of us. We all have our favorite verses in the Bible. The ones that we turn to. In our times of trials, in our times of temptation, the one I turn to more often when I find myself struggling is a golden verse of comfort and assurance to me. It is found in the epistle Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 6, and verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. We are not told sin may not or might not or probably not have dominion over us we are told sin shall not have dominion over us sin shall not be our master sin shall not rule over us we are not meant to be a slave to sin one of our biggest challenges one of the biggest burdens we carry one of the biggest hardest yokes that we are carrying every single day is a yoke of that sin it need not be our master We are not meant to be its slave. Can we just say this verse in our mind and heart? Make it personal right now. Sin shall not rule over my mind. It shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under law, but under grace. But how is it possible? How do we walk away from the yoke of the law? How do we find grace? When we come to Christ and say to him, we are weak, weary, and heavy laden. When we come and say to him, I can do nothing of my own strength, when I can come and say to him, not anything that I do will give me of any spiritual value unless you do it for me. When I come to Christ, and you come to Christ as a helpless little babe, he takes away all those thou shall and thou shall nots. And then he replaces it in our heart with something far greater that only he can do for us with his grace. When we accept his yoke, there shall be no more about us trying and trying and trying and failing and failing and failing of our own human effort. Because God will write in our mind and in our heart. This is another verse that will transform your walk with Christ. Remember these words from the Hebrew, from the book of Hebrews, chapter 8 and verse 10. This is what our Lord says to us when we give Him our heavy yoke. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. He will hold our hands and deliver us from the evil one. He will teach us to walk in His light. And when Jesus does it for us, we will desire in our mind to do our Father's will, and our heart will have the strength and the ability to do it. We don't have to struggle by ourselves anymore. The new covenant of Christ has replaced the yoke of those laws in the old covenant. The law of the Spirit of Christ is not a burden. It is not something that is heavy, because we are led by His grace. We find this again in the epistle written by Paul to the Romans in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Do we see that now? Of how we can walk free from the shackles of the law of sin and death. How we can break away from the law of shackles of, of all the sins and death which is pressing us to the ground which is oppressing us which is a heavy yoke in our body on our shoulders, in our heart. No more that we need to do that when we realize this is something that Christ can offer us. The old becomes obsolete and we are born again of the Spirit of Christ in us. I wish to close this with this challenge because I believe this is the key to unlocking the yoke that we carry. Whatever is the yoke that we are all carrying today. It's not something that we can get rid of using our own human strength abilities, Right? It is something that we can be only rid of by the power, the almighty power of Christ. Only he can do that for us. And whenever Jesus did something supernatural, something divine, something miraculous, he always asks us one question. Do you believe I can do this for you? Even when that woman touched the edge of his robe and was instantly healed of the sickness that had tormented her for 12 long years, Jesus turned to her and said, your faith has healed you. Even when he stood in front of the tomb with tears in his eyes. And Lazarus waited there for four, years, four days. He turned to Martha and said, Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. My brothers and sisters, God has taken care of a disobedient generation for 40 years in the wilderness. How much more will he do for those of us who trust him to take care of our every need by believing in him? Believing in him. We need to place our complete faith and hope and trust in Christ. And it is on that foundation of dependence on Christ that our mission for Him begins. Let it not be said on the day of judgment that we out on living a life filled with His love, His care, His spiritual blessings by not believing in Him with that absolute childlike trust. We need to believe in Christ. Jesus Christ has said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And he is calling us with these words of assurance yet again today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do we believe those words? For that to become a reality in our life, we need to believe it. We need to believe in him unreservedly, like a little child. Let us close our heads. Close our eyes and bow our heads head and pray. My brother and sister, let this not be just a sermon which is easily lost or forgotten for the next few days or weeks. If Christ has spoken to your heart, I invite you to respond to him without any more delay today. If we are still continuing to carry our yoke, it is only because we are not yet weary of burden. He knows of the struggles hidden in our heart. He is waiting to give our souls his divine rest. So, what is that yoke oppressing you today? While you're speaking with our Father in silence, with the eyes closed, think of that heavy yoke, whatever it is, which is bearing in your heart. Your spouse may not know of it. Your parents or your siblings or your friends, your closest people will not know of the burdens of your carrying silence. But He knows. He knows you. He loves you. He has compassion for you. Ask Him in prayer to take away that yoke which is holding you back from living an abundantly spiritual life. Jesus Christ is more than willing to do that for you today. Our Father in heaven, we praise and glorify and thank you for the revelation of your word. We thank you for revealing your heart to us today. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit through whom you open our hearts to understand you better. Please take away this heavy yoke which we are carrying because we are so weak and tired and exhausted by it. We cannot bear this burden anymore and we have nowhere else to go but to you. In a world filled with so many struggles, chaos, turmoil, we gladly accept the yoke offer by Christ because it will restore us and give us rest. Help us to do your will each and every day for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. We submit this prayer to in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.